Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection, a podcast that connects seekers and sages and where culture, spirituality, and science intersect. I'm Deb Bowen, your anchor host. I'm a spiritual educator and more, and you can learn more about me, this podcast, and my services at www.debbowen.com. So if it's safe for you to do so, sit back, relax, take some long, slow, deep breaths, and come with me on a journey into yourself. I've given a lot of thought to this podcast uh, that we're airing this week in regards to the question, what do I believe? And that deceptively simple question, what do I believe, will form the basis of a workshop I'm doing in March. And I'll tell you more about it in a little while. But in the meantime, just ask yourself that question. What do I believe? And probably a myriad of answers comes up. I I bet there are things that you believe about nature and you believe about your spirituality and you believe about the world around you and that somehow the word believe gets caught up in trust. For example, you believe, you trust, that when you get out into your car in the morning, it will start. But do you believe in much more than that? Of course we do. Many of us do. And, and so what does it mean to really believe in something about something in connection and collaboration with something? What, is, what does all that mean? And so one of the ways that I wanted to approach that question in my time with you this week was to examine the notion of signs and symbols. Because I think often we think in terms of symbology. I think that that becomes a way, a language, symbols, signs, becomes a language and a way in which we can conceptualize our beliefs. Now, those words, I spent a lot of time doing some research on those words because I found that my concept of signs particularly was really quite different than the traditional meaning of them. And so I'll I'll talk about what that means. Um, For example, one website I went to said the main difference between sign and symbol is that sign is a form of language that directly communicates with the targeted audience. So, for example, we may take a stop sign as literally a sign that tells us what to do. That's a sign. That's the way this website and some others that I looked at interpret that language of the word sign. But many of us, and I probably get I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 questions a month from folks who email me and say, oh, a bird flew onto my um, deck. What's that a sign of? What does that mean? Well, so we take signs in that way is one of the big ways that I think is a, a difference from what I had anticipated signs meaning. But most of the 
websites and, and sources that I investigated look at signs in terms of a, something much more literal, something much more tangible. So for example, um, elevated blood pressure has signs, where there are body signs that indicate that that's the, the case. You know, whereas symbols, uh, the word symbol actually originates from a Greek term, symbolon, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, S-Y-M-B-O-L-O-N, meaning token or sign. So a symbol represents or stands for something else. And it functions societally to give us, a symbol does, uh, a way of bringing meaning into a whole realm of concepts into, into one basic symbol. So for example, in Protestantism, there is the symbol of the cross. In Catholicism, there is the symbol of the crucifix. And while they have very similar meanings, they also have some very different symbology as well. Or a star of David, for example. We think of those as symbols. A symbol for eternal life is the Ankh, that wonderful Egyptian symbol, for example. And we need symbols in our lives because it's, it's really important to have symbols that give us a meaning that sometimes escapes language, that sometimes escapes a concise way to convey something that we're feeling, an emotion. There's often a great deal of, of emotion and history and culture connected with a particular symbol that goes beyond what we might be able to speak in a concise way. So symbols and signs are really important to us. And I bet you that if you're listening to this podcast, you have symbols in your life that matter to you that are perhaps not even something that you think about on a daily basis, and yet they are deeply important to you. I'll give you an example. I wear a ring that is a replica of the cover on the well at Chalice Well Gardens in Glastonbury, England. And I I wear that ring uh, as a symbol of my connection to divinity, my connection to both the divine masculine and the divine feminine. I also wear it as a symbol representing my connection to that particular place, that particular well and time that I have spent there. And so every time I look at this ring on my finger, I remember that I am connected to that sacred place and that sacred energy of divinity. And it almost never comes off of my hand. It it stays there all the time. And I am consciously aware of it. You know, I also know that probably many of you listening to this podcast episode have tattoos. And I wonder what drove you to choose a particular tattoo. Do you have tattoos that commemorate people or events or moments in time in your life? I, I, for example, have a lovely friend who 
has stars tattooed on her back that and they're connected in a beautiful way that represent her connection to her children and her family and they are there those stars are there for her symbolically and physically to represent that connection for her I went for many years with out tattoos I, I only have one and lots of folks said well Deb surely you know you live in a world of symbols and a an esoteric world in, in the work that you do surely you want a tattoo and I said I, I do there's a part of me that really wants a tattoo but until I know exactly why and what that will be I'm not getting a tattoo and you know I'm an old beach girl so I thought well you know I'm deeply connected to dolphins and symbols of the sea and then one day it hit me that really what I needed tattooed on my body was the breastplate of the Archangel Michael on the temperance key that's key 14 in Tarot that that's what I needed and I needed it tattooed in certain colors to represent the four directions and the four elements and the, the numerology with the, the combination of threes and fours woven into that symbol on that tarot key spoke to me in, in so many ways I could probably do a, a whole podcast episode just on that particular symbol but I do have that tattooed on my finger and it it too is a symbol that reminds me of my connection to my intuition to the divine to the wonderful years that I have spent learning and studying and teaching Tarot and how I still uh, learn and every time I teach a class I learn something new about Tarot and what a what a gift that is and numerology and the energy of sacred geometry and on and on and on it goes in this deceptively simple symbol on my finger so the idea of symbols and signs that we all have around us that are just a part of who we are that we may not even be conscious of is a way in which I invite you to begin to think about that question what do I believe and I would also invite you to think about the symbols that are in the world around you that may not be yours personally but that may speak to you on a subconscious level for example you may see certain logos of certain businesses that you may not even be aware have deep spiritual meanings take a look sometime at uh, ancient symbols of the goddess as a way of, of approaching this and look at symbols of the goddess that you see all around you find her on your Starbucks cup for example um, you find her in paintings uh, where you see paintings of Mary Magdalene and I'm going to be uh, bringing to you in the next few weeks an update on the missives that I have gotten from Mary Magdalene over the past oh several months and and where I need to go with the information she's asked me to share with you so that's also coming up in a future podcast but think about symbols that are around you that 
may not be something you, you are consciously aware of as being deeply meaningful. Here's an example. When I was planning my first trip to a pilgrimage to England, to Glastonbury, I wanted to take with me something that was from home, that represented me and who I am, that was symbolic of the world in which I lived, that could be a gift to the people there who were being, I knew ahead of time really, would be so wonderfully kind to me. And I settled on scallop shells. Now they're prolific where I live. They're beautiful. We have lovely calico scallops, for example, where I live. And so I took a little bag of scallop shells with me on this pilgrimage to that world. But I did so for a variety of reasons. One, if you know about the Camino uh, that goes through France and Spain primarily, uh, the way of the Camino from uh, St. John, then you, St. James, I'm sorry, you will notice that the symbol for that pilgrimage is the scallop shell. It's a sign of hospitality, a sign of um, connection to St. James and the miracle that happened when his body was discovered after he was shipwrecked and it was covered in scallops. So you'll ever, every time you ever see St. James, you will probably see a statue of him with a scallop in his hand or on his breastplate. But you might also be interested to know that the scallop shell was a symbol of pilgrimage far older than Christianity. For millennia, women who were making a pilgrimage to uh, Venus in Rome to ask for blessings so that they could bear children carried a scallop shell as a symbol of their pilgrimage to Venus. So here you have a, a beautiful shell that in and of itself is just breathtakingly lovely, very prolific in lots of coastal areas, many different species and subspecies of scallop shells. And they cross symbolic cultures, from paganism to Christianity, which I'm sure others as well, but those are two that I'm familiar with. And I love that cross-cultural symbol. I love that. And for me, that's a part of my answer to that question, what do I believe? I believe that there is such a connection that there are universal symbols that help us to better understand and connect with each other. Recently on our Devon Friends Quest for Connection Facebook page, I shared a link to an old song, I mean from, who I'm guessing, maybe back in the early 70s by Matt Davis. The name of the song is I Believe in Music. And there's a line in the song that says, music is love, love is music, music is the key to understanding. And I love that. You know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash thing, if you smile at me, I will understand because that's something we all speak in the same language. I, I love the notion that there are items, objects like scallop shells or crosses or stars of David or onks, for example, that 
that are symbols that we can touch that are tangible, but we also have more esoteric symbolism, smiles, music, for example, that deeply connect us and give us this core similarity of the belief of connection. And that's one of the things that I I love so much when I ponder that question, what do I believe? There's a part of me and the teacher in me that wants to stop and say, okay, do you have any questions? So if you do, certainly shoot me an email and let me take this opportunity to tell you how to do that. So you can email me at Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. Happy to hear from you. You can certainly join me on my Facebook page, which is Deb and Friends Quest for Connection on Facebook. And always happy to entertain any questions that you may there have there or thoughts along the way. You can also listen to archived editions of this podcast on almost any podcast outlet these days, but particularly on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio are two of the primary places where you can listen to all of the episodes of this podcast. So I'm always happy to have you join me in those ways. Connect with me on my website. It's debbowen.com. And if you go to my website and click on um, the section under services and courses, you will see the, the belief course that I'm offering in March. Why I believe what I believe, building your cornerstone of spirit is the name of it. And there's a sequel sort of, uh, although it does stand alone, uh, beyond this course about the cauldron, the grail, and the nine more games and the symbology of those three objects. And if you sign up for both of those courses, there's a discount. So it's this idea of really finding a safe place to think about what you believe and to, to hone your ideas and to work with other people who are doing the same thing, if that resonates for you, then these courses are for you. If you would like to investigate your own perspectives and other people's, I'd love to have you join me with, those, uh, with these workshops in, in March. So debbowen.com will get you to more information about all of those. And I hope that you will consider them. Now, let me ask you this question to think, to ponder here as well. If you think about your connection to spirit and think about the evolution of that connection, how have you come to the place that you're in in your life where you believe what you believe? And are you willing to say, gosh, you know, I'm I'm very firm in this today, but I'm open to hearing someone else's perspective. may not be the same as mine. I don't have to believe it, but it's interesting to hear it. I believe it was Aristotle who said, it's the mark of an educated mind to be able to listen to an idea and not accept it as necessarily our own truth. And I'm quoting that badly, but that's the general idea. And so, so I ask you to think about that. How did you get to where you are today with your beliefs? I know that for me, 
the idea of belief has morphed and changed considerably over the years. Certainly there are some core beliefs that I have. I certainly believe in, for example, the golden rule. I may call it something different today, but the idea that the world needs kindness and it needs me to be kind in it. I I believe that, and that hasn't changed over time. My basic values probably have not changed over time, and yet the language that I use has changed. My expansion of beliefs has changed as I have learned more about the world. And I, I think that's so much fun. I love to learn about how other people are in the world. I have said many times that if I had my life to live over and I knew when I was much younger what I know today, which is that I don't know anything, but besides that, I would be a culinary anthropologist and an ethnomusicologist. That means I would go to lots of exciting places and interesting places and eat people's foods and learn about them through their, through their culture and their food, and I would listen to their music. Culinary anthropologist and an ethnomusicologist. And wouldn't that be fun? And I've, I've done a lot of studying about ethnomusicologists, I think, for example, and you may not know this or you may about him, but one of my favorite ethnomusicologists is Mickey Hart, who was the drummer for the Grateful Dead. He has written some beautiful books about music and people and culture. Planet Drum, Drumming at the Edge of Magic. Those are, those are great books that I really do recommend to you. And I've learned a lot in reading his work and listening to music that he has uh, put together as he has brought people from many different cultures together. Same is true with Paul Winter and his Paul Winter consort and the people that he brings together, as well as four-legged, winged, and swimming folks. One of my favorite songs, for example, comes off of a, a Paul Winter album called Common Ground. And the lead singers on this that album are, let me see, it's an African fish eagle, a timber wolf, and I think it's a humpback whale. I'm not sure, but I believe it's a humpback. But, but a whale, a whale, a wolf, and an eagle are the lead singers uh, playing with people playing instruments and singing. So I love the idea of, of common ground. And that has evolved and morphed as I have asked myself that question, what do I believe? And common ground is one of the answers to what I believe. We can go in so many different directions with that question. What, what has influenced us in what we believe? Uh, books, for example. What we think about the universe and creative force what we think about uh, theism or polytheism. Are there particular deities or avatars or masters that that resonate for you, whose teachings seem to be a truth for you? What do you think about um, fairies and elves and gnomes, for example? Or what do you think about our connection to beings far beyond Earth? out in space? How do you 
conceptualize time and what does that mean for you? How are you impacted by various um, intuitive and psychic modalities, healing modalities? Do you believe that there is an order to the universe that can be explained and quantified by math, for example, and geometry? Are there particular uh, ways in which you have been influenced by movies? Are there, are there movies that have impacted what you believe in the world? I know there are for me, and, and I'm not even a really big movie person, but, but certainly books, certainly music, art, sacred text are all ways in which I have stirred so much into a gigantic cauldron and stirred it around and said, golly, what is, what is my truth? What do I accept that resonates for me and helps support how I want to be in the world? How I want to live my life every day in many different directions. So I invite you to do the same thing, to think about all of the aspects of who you are that have played a part in your becoming, your evolving. How have you become who you are? And how might you be someone different as you learn more or not? I just think these are great things to think about. And what are, the, what are the symbols, what are the signs that have impacted you in your life? How have, it, whatever symbol that may have spoken to you along the way in your lifetime been a guidepost or a driving force in the way you see the world? and see your place in it. So just some food for thought for this week and this uh, relatively, uh, I think, packed with questions and thoughts uh, time with you this week. I am so grateful that you have been with me to ponder some of these questions as we have talked about them. I hope that you will continue to stay connected to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. Next week, I'm excited that we will have a guest with us who is an astrologer. I'm looking forward to having her on with us in our discussion next week about the world far beyond the planet Earth, so that will be fun. Check out my website. Join and subscribe to my newsletter. I only send it out once a month, so we don't blow up your mailbox, but it is filled with not only information about what I'm teaching and doing, but also uh, to row of the month card to ponder. This month's edition has a book recommendation in it that I think you might like and to look at some uh, connection to moon energy as well during this next month. So I love staying connected with you. I'm grateful for you. And I hope that you will ask yourself this question, what do I believe? And if that resonates with you, I hope you'll consider joining me in March because we Explore that question far more deeply. So in the meantime, thank you so much for being with me. Blessings and deep gratitude to you. 
and Deb and Friends Quest for Connection will be back with you next week. In the meantime, stay connected to each other.